Divine Shepherd Lutheran Church and School in Blackhawk, South Dakota, is happy to share God's Word preached for you by Pastor Randy Sturzenbecker. We pray that you will rejoice in Christ crucified and resurrected for you. The waters of baptism, the Lord's Supper, and the forgiveness of sins, all for you, from Jesus. The Old Testament reading this morning is from Isaiah chapter 51, 9 and following. Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord, awake us in the days of the old, the generations of long ago. Was it not you who cut Rahab in pieces that pierced the dragon? That pierced the dragon? Was it not you who dried up the sea, the waters of the deep, great deep? Who made the depths of the sea a way for the redeemed to pass over? And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy. And sorrow and sighing shall flee away. I, I am he who comforts you. Who are you that you are afraid of man who dies, of the son of man who is made like grass, and have forgotten the Lord your maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth, and your fear continually all the day because of the wrath of the oppressor. When he sets himself to destroy and wears the wrath of the oppressor, he who is bowed down shall speedily be released. He shall not die and go down to the pit. Neither shall his bread be lacking. I am the Lord your God, who stirs up the sea so that it waves, so its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. And I have put my words in your mouth and covered you in the shadow of my hand, establishing the heavens and laying the foundations of the earth, and saying to Zion, you are my people. This is the word of the Lord. In the middle of your bulletin, you can join me saying the catechetical review, the seventh petition of the Lord's Prayer, but deliver us from evil. What does this mean? We pray in this petition, in summary, that our Father in heaven would rescue us from every evil of body and soul, possessions and reputation, and finally, when our last hour comes, give us a blessed end and graciously take us from his valley of sorrow to himself in heaven. The epistle lesson for tonight, today is for Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9 and following. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is the word of the Lord.
The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the ninth chapter. While Jesus was saying these things to them, behold, a ruler came in and knelt before him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. And Jesus rose and followed him with his disciples. And behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for twelve years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned, and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. And when, the, and when Jesus came to the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, Go away, for the girl is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose. And the report of this went through all that district. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for our morning's meditation is from the Gospel of St. Matthew, where Jesus raises the little girl and heals the woman with a bleeding. In the name of Jesus, amen. The will of God is always best. You just sang it. And it may be easy for you to say. Easy for you who are in good health, have a nice home to live in, have a good job, go to a good school, have plenty to eat, wear nice clothing, have good friends, have a car or two or maybe even three, books, magazines, television, computers, internet, smartphones, games, toys, and more free time than you know what to, deal, to do with. The will of God is always best, is easy to proclaim when you live in such luxury. But what happens when one of those things goes away? What happens if one of those gets taken away, breaks down, causes trouble? When our lives of luxury get interrupted, who then is the first in line at the heavenly department complaint window? And what happens when you, things go seriously wrong? When your world begins to crumble and fall around you? You might think that the will of God is always best isn't as easy to say, especially when the will of God seems like it is contrary to what we want or what we think we need. And so it was with the ruler who came to Jesus. His little girl wasn't sick. She is dead. She would have had her whole life ahead of her. <clears throat> but already death had her in its clutches. Yet in this feeling of complete helplessness, this man came to the house in which Jesus was reclining at table with the tax collectors. This man interrupted Jesus' teaching knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come 
and lay your hand on her, and she will live. We begin to see the slightest glimpse of hope in our text. Jesus rose and followed him with his disciples. All seems right in the world. This man is going to bring Jesus to lay his hand on his daughter and save her from the clutches of death. But while Jesus is on his way with the man, he is interrupted again. And behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, for she said to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Imagine yourself in the shoes of this ruler who found Jesus, begged him to come and save his daughter from the clutches of death, and was interrupted by this woman, this woman who has been bleeding for 12 years. If you were that man, you might think to yourself, Why stop and help this woman? She's already waited 12 years. What would an extra extra couple of minutes or hours do to help her? I need the help. My daughter needs the help. The will of God is always best, right? But imagine yourself in the shoes of the woman who has waited the 12 years for God to answer her prayers to stop the bleeding. Have you, just like the woman, ever thought God wasn't coming fast enough to help you? That he was delaying too long? That he didn't understand how serious your problem was? Or that he was helping the wrong people at the wrong time when he should have been helping and providing for you? Have you ever thought those ways? Imagine if Jesus had just kept walking after the woman touched his garment as if he had said, I'll get back to you when I have the time. I have more important people to help first. These have been our thoughts too. Will he ever get to me and to my needs, my problems, my suffering? It can be like when children ask parents for something and they are told, later, in a little while. Children know what this means. It usually means no, for later never seems to come. And parents fail. But not with Jesus. The will of God is always best. Even when it doesn't seem like it or feel like it. There is no other option with God. He does what is good and best for all. He does what he does for a reason and with a purpose. Even if that reason and purpose are hidden from us. Even if what he does seems the opposite of best to you and me. It is faith that says the will of God is always best. The woman knew that. Her faith that she would be healed if she could just touch that garment was brought to fruition. When Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, take heart, daughter. Your faith has made you well. That faith in her Lord and Savior made her instantly well. But the text doesn't just end there. We are told that when Jesus came to the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, go away, for the girl is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. 
the crowd believes that there is nothing more that could be done. The ruler's daughter is dead. Plain and simple, that's it. Yet again, the text doesn't end there, with the father turning away in hopelessness. The will of God is, indeed, always best. And this ruler got to see Jesus stare death in the face, take his little girl by the hand, and raise her from the dead. Jesus stares death in the face, and death backs down. You will face the same reality, both the reality of death and the reality of resurrection. Even in death, the will of God is always best. The world laughs at that confession of death, just as those around the ruler's home laughed at Jesus when he said, the girl is not dead, but sleeping. Unless Jesus returns first, you will be like this little girl. You will die. But you will be awoken from your sleep of death at the sound of Jesus' voice. He will take you by the hand and raise you to a life that will never end. So let the world laugh at us because we laugh at death. We laugh at death because Jesus has given up his life for you. He didn't try to hang on to his life, but he gave it up all for you, becoming not just poor, but the sinner of sinners, that all your sins, all your grumbling, all your complaining, all your doubting be forgiven, that all your sin that is killing you and causing you to focus on the wrong things and to love and to worship what you have instead of the one who gave it to you. That all your sin be washed away in the blood that flowed from Jesus' cross and onto you in holy baptism. And you be raised here and now to a new life. I say to you, arise. That's what Jesus said to this little girl. And he also says it to you in holy baptism. Child, son, daughter, I say to you, arise. And that's what he's going to tell you on the last day as well. St. Paul so clearly reminds us of this in saying that, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Jesus has died for your sins, for your forgiveness. He rose from the dead so that he will raise you and give you life. Every morning is like a little resurrection. We lie down and sleep, tired and worn out and maybe beat up by sin, and then we rise in the morning, a little resurrection. <clears throat> the Lord gives us rest, and then a new day. In a way, then, each night and morning are like practices for our own deaths and resurrection. For that day when you and I will sleep the sleep of death, tired and worn out and beat up by sin, we will awaken in the morning of eternity 
in the new day that will have no end. But until that day, when you rise each morning on this side of eternity, the love and the mercy of God will be with you, working to help, heal, and save you. And by his love and mercy, God will also feed you. While our text ends with the report of this went out through all the district, Mark's gospel continues on, saying that Jesus tells the parents to give the child something to eat. You, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, have been raised with Christ in baptism to a new life as well. And Jesus has provided food for the church, for you, his very body and blood, the food of forgiveness, life, and salvation, the food that nourishes you not just for this body and life, but for eternal life, that you live not just now, but forever. For there are no favorites, no limited time and resources. Jesus is big enough to help all. Yes, you will have your moments of doubt and fear and grumbling, as do I. Yet at those moments, perhaps is when a ruler or a bleeding woman will come to you and say, the will of God is always best. I know, I was there too. So do not fear but only believe. Or perhaps you will be that ruler or that bleeding to someone else, confessing the faith, confessing the truth of God's goodness and mercy, and realizing even as you speak those words how true they are. Therefore come, eat and drink, and then rise. Depart in peace and joy since God so wills it. Your hearts are filled with stillness, for the Lord has promised you that death is but a slumber. Christ Jesus, your faithful Savior, has brought this gift to you, which your eyes have been made to see by his favor. Now you know that he is your life, your friend when you are dying. Christ indeed is the hope and saving light of those who are in blindness. He guides and comforts those who are in night by his kindness. For you, his people, will find joy and gladness in him. So go, confess, serve, and rejoice for the will of God is indeed always best. In the name of Jesus, amen. Mm -hmm.